down in Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another fine, fabulous, fantastic, fiery, feisty sort of Friday, friends. Torch Report 393. When liberty beckons us all. When liberty beckons us all, will we heed the call? Today we'll be discussing everything from... The Durham report to the Southern invasion and all these issues that we all need to face. And I want to start out first, though, by kind of looping back to yesterday. It feels as if yesterday's report, uh, Torch Report 392, it was the Musk v. Zuckerberg, the Vegas cage match. And I felt like, you know, I, I just needs a little bit of closure. Let me just put it that way, you know, slowly emerging insight for me, you know, which may be meaningful only to me and to nobody else, you know. That slowly emerging insight was that waking people up isn't really a viable solution. And I, I say that having spent the last two years of my life trying to wake people up. And so you know, I want to clarify that I do believe it is still very important for us to try to wake people up. And that the very best way for us to wake people up is by building relationships and having heart-to-heart -heart conversations and attending local meetings and sharing our perspectives and our information and our personal convictions far and wide. That's important. I mean, you'll be you'd be amazed at what people don't know. So you might be the person that gets to enlighten someone, and that would be great. You know, maybe somebody never heard of the Great Reset. Uh, maybe somebody doesn't know what's going on in the uh, in the political world right now. Maybe somebody doesn't know that people are falling over dead from COVID. There's a lot of things people don't know. Uh, but even though we might be able to enlighten some people, which would be great, that still doesn't solve the problem. Ultimately, the problem is bigger than that. There are simply not enough people waking enough people up to correct course and save our country. And friends, as grim as that sounds, I do not believe that we're facing a lost cause. So don't don't misunderstand me here. I do believe that we can win. I do believe we need to wake people up, but we're not going to be, be able to wake enough people up fast enough. So uh, winning is is not going to be easy. And just to get to the point, you know, any effective strategy really must account for the, the myriad vectors that are in motion from the global cabal to the commie infiltration uh, of the federal government right down to the local level uh, stuff. So basically, you know, everything that's in motion right now is, is virtually nowhere near top of mind for the vast majority of people. That's what I was saying yesterday. People are distracted. People, you know, they're entertained. They, they just want to be entertained. They don't care. They want to keep their head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening. Most people haven't heard of the global cabal. Most people haven't heard of central bank digital currencies or sentinel surveillance or algorithmic social interventions, etc. And, you know, most people don't seem to mind all of this rampant political corruption. You know, it keeps turning up one investigation after another, you know, the Twitter files and the Durham report and all this stuff. But, you know, the evidence of malfeasance and fraud and dereliction of duty and flat out treason, the evidence abounds, but people don't care. So our government is running amok. Our government is having a heyday, recklessly spending our hard-earned dollars and lawlessly destroying the country that we love. That's the situation that we're facing right now. And... 
as I know that you know, this is all by design, right? It, it's all been planned far, far in advance. And right now we're actually kind of nearing the end stages of a cultural revolution that was set in motion decades ago. This is stuff that is new to me. If I hadn't, you know, if it hadn't been for the pandemic turning life upside down and, and, you know, changing the course of my life as it did everybody else's, uh, I wouldn't know this stuff. So I, you know, I'm like sharing this stuff, like trying to help people wake up and then realizing, wow, not going to get enough people to wake up fast enough to really do something about this. So, you know, as I've said before, you know, not only are we nearing the end stages of the cultural revolution, which I do believe they they intend will end in violence, uh, but the transformation of human consciousness is is nearly complete. They've been social conditioning the masses to accept this transformation of consciousness. It's all happening subconsciously. Uh, but America has tipped beyond the tipping point here, and the cancerous collective hive mind, the mental disease, has metastasized in the minds of the masses, meaning now there are more people with their head buried up their ass than there are who can see the light of day. That's my take on it, to put it bluntly. And, you know, I state this emphatically, friends. I state it as a matter of fact, and I'll put my facts up against anybody's facts, you know, based on countless hours of research that have been meticulously documented in hundreds of reports. I, you know, it's no longer possible to deny this. And it's also no longer possible to recap everything that comes to bear on this conversation or really any given conversation. You know, there's so much information out there, way too much information. It would take too much time to try to, you know, fit it all into one single report. Um, but all of this information is there. It's all in my mind and it's all available to you at thetorchreport.com or on your favorite podcast platform or what have you. Uh, and of course, if you would like a fuller synopsis, friends, if you haven't already got your copy of Hackable Animals, your guide to the Great Reset and the New World Order, it does a great job of, of prioritizing the issues that we face from like most threatening to least threatening. And it is available, second edition is available on Amazon right now in the print edition. And if you're if you're local friends, if you're in a Patriot Club and you'd like to get an autographed edition of Hackable Animals, please reach out. Shoot me an email to Luke at thetorchreport.com. I'd love to make that happen for you. So, you know, Hackable Animals, when I wrote that book, it was really written with the intent of distilling all of the complexities, really trying to break it down into consumable concepts uh, and putting things in the simplest terms possible because you know, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have time to really get into all the nuances. And so I wrote it for people who are curious, but a little unsure, you know, people who maybe have heard about the great reset, but they're unfamiliar with the great reset. They're unfamiliar with the new world order. And I wanted to just come out the gate and dispel the myth that the great reset and the new world order are some sort of fringe conspiracy. That's not, you know, the fact is the great reset and the new world order. That's what we're facing right now. That's the bigger issue. And at any rate, Hackable Animals explains in great detail how both of these agendas are going to significantly disrupt life as we know it. And no one is really immune to what's coming. That's just a fact. So, you know, people can choose to ignore the Great Reset and the New World Order for now. But they're not going to be able to ignore the reality of what's happening for much longer. I mean, the madness is accelerating by the day. And I know that you see it. And, you know, I suppose... To be honest, that you know, part of the reason I've been feeling more philosophical lately is because I like, holy smokes, it's happening. I don't know that we can stop it right now. So, you know, just really trying to chew through what can we do about it. I see what's happening in the news and it's disheartening. 
not because of the actual content, you know, which is mostly just propaganda. It's disheartening what I see in the news because it has become painfully obvious that most people remain completely unaware of the bigger issues. So people are squabbling about the LGBT. People are, you know, getting all fired up about, you know, what's happening with Biden and the fraud and all of that, like as if something's going to happen about that. It's not. Those are distractions, the political theater distracting people from the bigger issues. And the much bigger issues that people remain completely unaware of are being intentionally buried under a steamy heap of BS. And of course, as a problem solver, uh, the problem seems nearly insurmountable, friends. That's just a blunt way. I once wrote a book a long time ago. It said, why set goals when you'd rather solve problems? And it was talking about personalities. And anyway, I, I'm a problem solver. I see problems. I want to solve the problem. And this is a very complex problem. So my mind is grasping for solutions and philosophical you know, thinking kind of goes along with that. And, you know, I'm plugging different factors into the equation, calculating different vectors, evaluating different probabilities and entertaining different strategies because where there is no vision, the people die. Right. And so what's the vision here? How do we chart a course to get through this mess, through these stormy seas? These are the questions that have been heavy on my heart. And. While it is true that we need to be talking to as many people as possible and trying desperately to wake people up, uh, which I have wholeheartedly committed myself to, it, it, I have had to begrudgingly accept the fact that just trying to wake people up is really an insufficient solution. That's what yesterday's report was about. If it were that easy just to wake people up, we wouldn't be where we're at today. That's just you know, again, kind of the way things are. So there, there's too much headwind. We're too far behind. You know, we, we simply cannot compete with the influence of mainstream media and social media and massive psychological warfare campaigns. And I don't like it, but I have to admit it. I hate to have to admit it, but that's just the facts, Jack. And with all these predictions of a hung election and a civil war, uh, you know, the, the recent declaration from an exceptionally bold congressman that we have now reached a war phase, Lincoln yesterday's article, you know, I've kind of had to go there in my mind. Like, are we, I mean, we've, I've written about war, culture war, we had a civil war, we at in this, you know, I think about it a lot, but I've had to envision what might that actually look like for a hung election in a civil war. And more importantly, you know, try to surmise how in the hell we might possibly win. And I know Joe Biden says we have to have F-16s if we want to, you know, fight the government. But I don't believe that's true. Uh, but, you know, you know, how? That's the question. How might we possibly win? And then more important than that, the most important of all, I've had to assess my readiness and my plans to protect my family if all hell breaks loose. And I would strongly suggest that we all take the time to assess our personal readiness and prepare for the possibility of a civil war, like a flat out civil war. Now, that said, friends, I would not recommend living your life as if it's the end of the world. I strongly, dis <laughs> strongly do not recommend that. You know, I don't I don't think it's wise to suspend normal living on the mere possibility of a civil war or societal collapse. And the reason is simple. You know, in reality, it may never actually happen. It may never come to that. You know, the, the, the slow roll of insanity. We talked about that. It's just, you know, going to stretch it out and stretch it out and stretch it out and stretch it out. And yet 
the possibility does exist and the odds are mounting. You know, that the country is being prodded in that direction. I do believe they want a kinetic civil war. And for those who have been paying attention and keeping track, this all fits perfectly within the broader globalist agenda. You know, there, there must be some catalyst to drive the American people into accepting central bank digital currencies, globally tracked digital IDs, and the forthcoming inescapable socialist surveillance state. You know, we've talked a lot about it. And, you know, most people are not really into this, but do you remember a recent study uh, that showed, what, what, what was that? It was a torture report 380, uh, understanding what's at stake. And I had reported... Uh, on a report that had showed a whopping 53% of people would support in-home government surveillance cameras. 53% of people would support in-home government surveillance cameras if the cameras would keep people safe, if the cameras would protect women and children against domestic violence. Hell yeah! We need to have in-home government surveillance to keep people safe. And it's utterly absurd. It's unimaginable. It's entirely un-American, and yet this was an American survey. It happened right here at home, good old U.S. of A. So things have changed. And matter of fact, today I watched a short video showing a man that was trying to trade one ounce, a one-ounce gold coin for various items on the street. Right, This guy is standing out in front of this gold shop, and he's asking the people passing by, hey, uh, I really like your hat. You know, I'll trade you this gold coin for a hat. You know, hey, what do you got in your shopping bag there? Oh, wow, some new gym clothes. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll trade you uh, this gold coin for some new gym clothes or an ice cream cone or whatever. And you know what's shocking? This guy didn't get a single taker. No one took the bait. You know, they're like, ah, you know, I don't know. What am I going to do with that gold? I mean, come on. I mean, I don't even, what's, it, what's it worth, you know? And it, it's mind-boggling and the guy was even saying, hey, we'll go into the gold shop. We can confirm the value. At one point, he's saying that, you know, the people on the street who by any metric would be ranked as middle of the road Americans. You just look at them. They're not, you know, they're right in the middle. They're the average everyday American. And uh, we're not talking street bums here. Right. But the average middle of the road American saw no value in that silly eighteen hundred dollar one ounce gold coin. Think about that. And thus. All roads are converging towards central bank digital currency, largely in part because people have no clue about monetary value. You know, it's it's merging or converging toward complete digital surveillance because people have no clue that it's foolish to sacrifice our freedom for the illusion of safety. And and obviously, if we have in-home government surveillance cameras, that's a big sacrifice of, uh, you know, self-sovereignty and freedom. Anyway, friends, we can rest assured at this point that the hordes of useful idiots are going to be quick to adapt to the latest convenience. While everyone in flyover country may be protesting, rural Americans are clinging to their guns and their gold and their Bibles. The majority of Americans by population are simply going to go along with it. Even in small town USA, even in our local communities, local leadership is going to go along with it. They may not like it. They might squawk about it a little bit, but ultimately follow the money. The banks run the show. So if a local business wants to keep food on the shelves, they're going to have to play along. If you plan on getting groceries at the store, you're going to have to play along. If you plan on getting, you know, uh, engaging in, in public life and society, you're going to have to accept their digital currency and their digital ID and probably their in-home digital surveillance, okay, which is already happening if you got an Alexa or what have you. But never mind all of that. 
You know, the, the only other option here, friends, is a radical departure from the way things are. A radical departure from the way things are. A very dedicated effort to rapidly create a functional parallel economy might be a solution, but holy smokes, we got work to do. And in many places, this effort is underway, but the process is clunky. The process is slow. It's complex, and it's especially slow, clunky, and complex if people feel like it's a fringe idea. Come on, parallel economy, man. You got to be one of those far right wing extremists. You know, this is not necessary. At least it seems unnecessary to most because they have no idea what's coming at them hot and heavy. And just in case, friends, it wasn't obvious. I just want to state that the very same majority of Americans who support in-home surveillance cameras and have no comprehension of the value of gold, those who believe that humanity is destroying the planet and that Joe the sock puppet Biden is the most popular president ever elected, these people are going to continue to be used for the useful idiots that they are, continue to be used to shred the Constitution and finalize the fundamental transformation of America. And once that fundamental transformation is is done, friends, there's no going back, okay? It will all be done in the name of democracy. It'll all be done for the sake of the greater good. And of course, at this point, we are more or less helpless to stop it. That's the fact. We are more or less helpless to stop it unless, unless we take drastic, radical action right stinking now. There is no way that we can convince enough people to change their minds fast enough, period. Okay, No way we can do that. These people have been conditioned to believe that we're the ones who are backwards. We're the ignorant, homophobic hillbillies, the racist bigots, the white supremacists, the Christian insurrectionists, the violent domestic terrorists who are an existential threat to both the planet and democracy. That's what they believe. You know, if you don't have any doubt about that, friends, I don't know if you saw Bud Light's latest commercial out there. You know, they, they've been, you know, kind of taking the backlash for, you know, running a tranny fag on the beer cans, you know. Well, now they've got their latest commercials out there mocking white men and average everyday Americans. And I think that really attests to the social conditioning, as does the latest episode of parents being reported to the FBI. That's out there in the news today, protesting all the sickening crap that passes as public education has landed two moms to be reported to the FBI for harassing the school board. Oh, my gosh. You know, what else is going on in the world? Taxpayers continue to foot the bill for Hunter Biden's hookers. Hate crime hoaxes abound. It's imperative, friends, not to lose sight of the fact that none of this insanity is by accident. Republican leadership refuses to impeach Joe Biden, despite the well-documented evidence of treason and fraud. The Supreme Court is overriding states' rights to defend themselves from the Southern invasion, even as tens of millions of illegal immigrants continue to stream across the border, bringing their drugs and their human trafficking, and they're rapidly changing American demographics. You know, they're turning red states blue. All of this is happening, and yet the Supreme Court is siding with the Biden administration. Any one of these issues should be enough for people to be up in arms about it, up in arms. But don't hold your breath. How many people do you think actually care? The answer is simple, friends. There are not enough people who actually care. And even if we could get enough people to care about these issues, there aren't even these aren't even the most pressing issues. You know, yes, these things are important, but these are we got bigger fish to fry. Holy smokes. You know, hence the need 
to take off the gloves. As mentioned yesterday, friends, we no longer live in a just society. Lawlessness abounds. Just the other day, John Durham testified on the House on the floor of the House Judiciary Committee. He testified that our country cannot stand in the face of such injustice. Our country cannot stand in the face of such injustice. So where does that leave us, friends? It's Friday. Where does that leave us? I want to try to put it poetically to you here, uh, just kind of from my heart to yours. If your blood runs red, if your heart beats true, the future of America now rests with you. Not you alone, but with your family and friends who must rise up and fight till the bitterness ends. It will be long and it be hard, this war for the soul. But each battle we win will advance toward the whole. And in time, we'll unite these great states once again and defend what we love from the foes on the land. We'll drive out the darkness, the sickness and greed, and once again, honor our flag and our creed. If we rise to the challenge in this hour of need and take that great risk to suffer and bleed as we water the roots and plant some new seed, Liberty beckons, and she's begging we heed. She's begging we heed, friends, and that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time, click the email, go to the website, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with somebody. Share it with anyone. Share it with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace the rest of this fine, fabulous, feisty sort of Friday, friends. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.